Welcome back to the Awake Podcast. I'm so excited to share with you today because we have a special guest. Our partner from Thailand is here with me, and I want to welcome you. Hi. Thank, thank you for you. being here. And if you followed along um, on the podcast and on social media, then you have seen uh, my journey in Thailand from my first trip to just being there recently in January, and maybe you've even seen. Uh, the video of my time there, but to say that visiting Thailand and, uh, and and seeing our work there impacted me would would just be an understatement. It uh, it impacted me greatly, and and part of what impacted me was was seeing this issue through the eyes of Anne, uh, being a Thai woman herself and being involved in this work, um, and and growing up in this culture. It was just very educational and moving uh, to learn more about this issue from her perspective. And that's why I'm so excited for her to be with me today and let you hear a little bit from her as well. Um, Anne is our partner, our World Help partner. World Help's model is uh, to work with national partners around the world. We're not all about going into these countries and setting up our own offices and our own systems, but rather we like to work with people who are already doing a good work and and just need the help and resources to do more. And we come alongside of them through the help of people like you to help them do just that. So I wanted you to hear a little bit from Anne today and wanted to start really, Anne, with with how you got involved in this and what your journey looks like growing up in Thailand and what led you to the work you're now doing. Yeah. Um, hi, my name is Anne. I, I grew up in Bangkok. And um, in Thailand, we don't have a class, but we, we have... Um, economic class. If you are rich, you are like upper class. If you don't have money, you are the low class. And those people, you don't have voice. Because they will listen to the people that have money only. So I grew up with the society that people, everybody like have money. So we don't care about the poor. But because of we are Buddhists, in our background, we give things, we give money to build a big temple, we give money, we do things in the temple that can gain merit to our next life. But, like, we don't care about, like, we need to help the poor much. We don't talk about, like, helping others people. So, one of my friends, when I was 18, like say that your life is too luxury. <laughs> you have to see something different. So he invited me to see some of his work in Pattaya City. It's like almost two hours away from Bangkok. So I went to Pattaya many times with my family. We stay in a five-star hotel. We never involved with what what he's doing so i found out that he worked with the street children and they i never heard about street kids before 
I know that like if kids they don't have parents, they have to be in an orphanage. Because we went to the orphanage. We're trying to like do good things for our next life. So we have a next good life if we do good work mm. in this life. That's what we believe in a Buddhist culture. So we keep doing good things all the time. Um, in Pattaya City, like there's a part that we live, like when I was young, I remember that we live in a five-star hotel and we drove past some area and my mom would say, just close your eyes. Don't look at these things. This is like dirty, untouchable people, sinful. So just close your eyes. Don't participate with that. I just realized that that's the thing that we're trying to avoid our genera- our next generation. Mm-hmm. Just like trying to like, don't think about it. Don't like, we're trying to make it present in our eyes. Even it's just there in front of your face. But I grew up like that, that trying to like avoid it. And I think it's in my culture, it's like that because it's a bad thing that we don't want to accept that it's happened there. But it's happened. And then I found out that there's a street kids, there's a bars, lots of bars in there. So, so I went with him and then I said, okay, I can help. I can work with the street kids. I can be with you and come every week. They, he's a believer. And for me, I grew up in a Catholic school, so I, I don't want to hear about God anymore, mm-hmm. and I don't want to know about God because I don't like to know because I'm not really have a good relationship with our Catholic nun teacher. <laughs> so, so I'm like, okay, just do whatever you do. I'll do my part. You do your part. But they always pray. And I was like, okay, pray for what? Okay, so it's like another prayer that they pray, right? But I went with them many months, and one day, the boy that he worked with told him that he wants to go home. And he's like, ran away from home when he was seven or eight years old because his stepdad slapped his face. So he just ran away and jumped into the bus. And that bus took him to Pattaya city. Mm-hmm. And he didn't know where he came from. He know that I just came here. I jumped into the bus, take a nap a little bit, and then I found out myself here. Mm-hmm. So he told the name of the village. Let's say like Richmond or something like this. Richmond. There's many Richmond. It could have been anywhere. Yeah, it couldn't have been anywhere. So we couldn't help him. So my friend said, let's pray. I was like, pray again? <laughs> it's really crazy. These people are crazy. That's where, that time I thought like that. And then they pray. So I laugh and <laughs> I will see that your God will do something or not. It's, it's so funny. I dare you <laughs> that it's, uh, it's very, very difficult that he can go home. 
So a week later, we drove on the street, and he's like we in the car, and he said, "Stop! That's my mom. That's a lady carry laundry basket, walking on the path walk on the street." And he jumped and hugged his mom, and I was like, "What is this?" I burst in tears, froze in the car, and burst in tears, and I was like, my heart is shaking. I said, "Who is this God?" I asked my friend, "Who is your God? <laughs> Who is your God? Why he can answer the garbage people prayer?" This boy. Our society call him garbage. How can he answer? How can he care this much to answer his prayer? For me, it's really touched my heart. Mm. Who are you, God? I want to know you. I want to. I want to know you. I wanna. Like I want to know who you are, because you're so kind. You're so sweet. Did this thing. So that day is the day that I receive Christ, mm. and, but, I. I have a heart to help people. I want to do something, but I didn't realize that God called me to do something. But I, I like this is like it's like it's um, it's a thing that I feel like I don't know that like God called me that time. So I work in like marketing and business, like what I what my degree is. So I'm doing like that for many years. So then, fifteen uh, years later, fifteen wow. years later, I I work with children, do something, but I didn't think about like this at all. Bonita, the founder, she's an American. She's from San Francisco. She moved to Thailand with her husband. So she start this like beginnings, home of new beginnings in Bangkok. To help girls. To have girls, women and girls who's in like red in that letter red light district. Mm -hmm. In January, she asked me that can I replace her for a month because she's gonna go back to the state. I said fine, just one month I can do that. Mm -hmm. So I be there a month with four girls in the house that time because she just start only like ten months long. Yeah. So I be there. I'm okay, so I can do that. Just like I can do just it. Just thought it was gonna be for a month. Not yeah, more. yeah, yeah, just for a month. <laughs> because I I plan to do something else. I know that like okay, when she come back, I'm gonna start like the the job that like I already. You knew what you were doing. Yes, because like they offer everything. It's a good. Income, I like it's a brand manager, those things. So I'm like, okay, I I just take a break for a month. But one day I watered a plant in front of the house. So then I watered the plant, and then God spoke in my heart that this plant needs somebody to water so it grow. Were you willing to water this girl life for me? Mm. I just like, no! <laughs> What is this? No, I don't want to do that. No. And I was shocked why he's like, why I feel like that in my heart. And he revealed the past, flashback, everything, 
the time when I went to Pattaya and know God, the day that I found a street boy, mm-hmm. I asked that, how come that only street boy? Where's the girl? And they said, girls cannot be on the street that long. They will be on the street just a couple days and end up in the bar or in the brothel. I, I love hearing your story, Anne, and I've heard so much of it before, but I feel like I'm hearing new pieces. And, and what's striking me today that I don't think has hit me before is how your story really began in Patsia. And now, kind of full circle to what we're working on now, God has brought you back once again to Patsia. Mm-hmm. Patsia and we'll, we'll get to, to that a lot more later in our conversation. But um, one of the things we've talked about and, and that I've tried to, to introduce people to is, is some of the misconceptions we have about this work. And I think the American audience uh, thinks about trafficking in one way instead of really understanding that trafficking is more of an umbrella term that our State Department in some ways has used to describe lots of different activities that are going on. And, and that was really eye-opening for me on my first visit with you in Thailand to really understand how trafficking applies in the Thai culture and especially to the work that you're doing. And and you and Benita introduced me to that term of cultural slavery, which is a much better way to describe what these girls are facing in your culture. So I wondered if you could take a few minutes to, to talk about that, talk about what that cultural slavery really means, and, and maybe give us some examples of girls you've encountered and how that's really affecting their lives. Yes. Okay, for me, um, we... we we feel like we owe something to our parents. Like as a, not a Thai culture, I think, I think it's an Asian culture. Asian culture, yeah. Because we feel like we have, we owe something to our parents. They gave birth us, they took care of us, they sent us to a good school, they do something for us. So they did something for us, so we have to pay back mm-hmm. to, to them. So the boy, at a Buddh- as a Buddhist, all the boy when they grow up, they be a monk, for like a month or three months, to gain merit, to their parents. So their parents get more merit to the next life. Or like they can go to like high level, of like life in in the in the date life or something like that. So, for women, we owe something to our parents. What we can do? Like even I, like even I myself, I feel I feel like I owe something to to my parents. Mm-hmm. So the women end up feeling the financial responsibility. Yes, right. And and especially in the uh, the rural mm-hmm. areas where they don't have a, a lot of money yes. to begin with. Yeah, what they can do. Mm-hmm. So if if the girls in a village. So she grew up, their parents very poor. So they feel like they owe them, they have to do something. Mm-hmm. So they have, what they can do, make more money so they can support them, to make them be happy. 
so they don't have to be tired anymore. They don't have to work hard because they work hard already to to take care of her. So she have to find something to make her have more income. Most of the girls in the village, like in Thailand, the place that you go is Bangkok, high building, yeah. capital, like capital city, or like big mall and everything. Mm -hmm. That's Bangkok. But it's totally different in the village. Right. Like, Lynchburg is like open. You can see the sky like this has mountain. That one is like open like this, but it's dry. Mm -hmm. The agriculture, they cannot do anything because of the geographic is not good. So it's a dry land like that. So most of the girls, they cannot work in a rice field. They don't have. They they don't have. They don't have ways like how can they? Um, no, not like that. They cannot plant all day long, right? Yeah. It has a season okay. like that they can have ways. So the rest of the time, sometimes they have to just like have nothing to do mm -hmm. because of it's not a good time. Nothing to do and nothing. no way to make money. Yes, okay. right. So they okay. Let's do like this. So the girls go and work. So why don't you go and work? So they go to the city to find they work. They go to the city to find work. Some of them not go to Bangkok right away. Some of them may go to their hometown, their small village. Right. And then go to the town. Yeah. Go to the factory in town. Then get money, send back home. But it's not have enough income. So somebody will introduce them. Why don't you go to work in Bangkok? Mm-hmm. And they go thinking they'll get a good job. Yes, they get a good job. Remember, Anne, you and I visiting a, a girl in one of the bars, and she had come to Bangkok and got a good job, I think at like an Italian restaurant or something. Yes. She lost that job for whatever reason, and then when she lost that job, she has no place to stay. Yeah. And the bars offer that to these yes. girls what seems like a safe place to stay and yeah. that's sort of how they get yeah. them get them in and that's how she found herself trapped in yes. this industry so to speak because yes she has a place to stay but yeah. at a great cost yes. and that some of those girls start in the bars um maybe as a cashier mm -hmm. or they yes, don't right. start expecting yeah. to take yes, customers right, right. But when they realize that's the only way to make money, yes. one thing leads to another. Like you said, the parents are calling and they feel that pressure. Yes. I remember you told me a, that story of a, a heartbreaking story of the girl under such financial pressure as so many people to support. Oh, that girl, we met one girl. She's like 17 years old. And she said, I said, how come that you don't go to school? Oh, I, I really want to go to school. I said, okay, so why don't you go? We want to support you. We go to, you, you can go to school. We support you till you finish you, what you want to be. She said, I want to be a nurse. Okay, let's go, and you can be a nurse. Like, we will help you to finish grade 12, and you can go to the nurse school, and you will be a nurse. She said, I cannot do that. I cannot be selfish. I said, Why? Because I have to send money back to my family. My mom left me with my uncle and aunt. I never know who my, my mom is. And I grew up with them, so I owe them. 
So she felt like she didn't have any options. Yes. Even though she wanted to be a nurse, that would be an expense to start that yes. process and means she doesn't, she can't get out. She can't get out. So you're still talking to her, right? And, and still building that relationship. Yeah. And I know one thing you guys have shared with me before is that for some of these girls, um, that you are able to get out of the industry for a certain time period, you almost have to help them provide a stipend to send their family yes, back home right. to relieve that pressure yes. temporarily until the family can see the benefit of yes. them being out yes, of the industry. Right. But if, if you don't have some sort of compromise there in the beginning, the pressure is yes. too overwhelming, oh, too for, overwhelming the for them. To, they to cannot, that. yes, they feel like, oh, I cannot leave because I have to send money back home. Hmm. So we, we give them like stipend so they can collect that money and send back home because we know that they work. Like at beginnings, we they make some material for us to like sales and have an income. They, 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 they do something also to have that, to get that stipend. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, one of the things I love and um, about our partnership with you and, and the way you guys do your work is it's all about building relationships. And um, I wish, again, that our, our listeners could be there on the ground with us to see you in action because it's a beautiful sight. And when you walk down these streets that are so overwhelming and you see things that you, you wish you never had to see, the beautiful part of it is Anne walks down these streets and she knows these women you say hi to them, you hand them snacks and food, they hug you, they know your name. And um, it's beautiful to see, but also a key part of the work that you're doing because you give these women the respect and dignity that they're not finding anywhere else. Um, I love that in conversations with you, how carefully you choose your words. You avoid um, the terms that we could so easily apply to this work out of respect for the women because you look at it differently than, than so many of us look at it and you know why they're doing this and this is a choice that they'd rather not make. Mm -hmm. And so um, I love that about you. Um, but if you haven't seen the video that Ann and I did together, I highly recommend that you take a moment to watch that. You can find it on my website, noelleyates.com slash Thailand. Um, and there's a poignant part in that video um, that was really a defining moment for me when Ann had taken me, you took me into some of these bars, and I quickly found out that there were different levels of bars and the bars that we had seen on the streets and talked to the girls was sort of like a lower level. And and you took me into one of the worst ones, at least for me. And um, you can see in the video a little better description of that. Um, and it was in that bar where the girls were numbered and we estimated that there may be 200 girls in the bar that one night just based on the numbers. And they rotated the girls over and over again. And, and I tell, when I, when I talk about my, my time there, I tell people how, you know, what impacted me the most was not the expected of, of course, you see things again that you don't want to see and you, the girls are exploited and they're not wearing much clothes and all that stuff. I think I kind of expected and it was hard to see. 
But the part that affected me the most was the interaction between the customers and the girls right in front of our faces. Mm -hmm. And I think I had convinced myself that I would see American men, they would know that I was an American and that there'd be some kind of shame involved. And, and that really got me, that there was no shame involved, no embarrassment, didn't care that we were there seeing what was going on. And then that combined with what I knew the girls were going through was just more than I could handle. Mm-hmm. And in the video, it shows Ann and I coming back to the van together, and I I just broke down. I kept, I stayed strong in the bar because I knew we would get kicked out. And we got back to the van and this was after, you know, a long trip of seeing lots of stories like this. And I just sort of let it all out. And I remember you sat there so patiently and kind and waited for me to regain my composure. And when I finally did, um, all I could get out was to ask you, how do you do this every day? Because that was one night for me and you go into these bars every day you talk to these girls every day you see story after story every day and all I could say was how how do you do this and so the the most poignant part of that whole video is when you simply respond if if we don't go who will if we don't go who will and that's been just such a powerful reminder to me and and part of why I'm so passionate about this but I guess that's a question I have for you today of how do you stay so strong and so positive in the face of what for so many of us is some of the hardest work to do, one of the darkest places in the world, and yet you do it with so much joy and hope. And I think it'd be great for us to hear what that is that gives you that joy and hope. One thing is, um, I know that I'm not working this is a part of my life. So I do it natural, naturally, because this is my life. It's another jigsaw that my, to make it my bigger picture, to be a complete picture. So I, I don't feel tired because I don't make it as like a burden and work. Two of my girls, will graduate Mm -hmm. in high school and I just talked to them this morning and I said oh I need to talk to you personally go to some room and like just two of us what I did wrong (laughs) I said like okay go first (laughs) like because I like turn on the face like FaceTime turn on the camera I want to talk to you personally what I did wrong, I didn't do things wrong. The one that was like a traffic when she was 11. Mm-hmm. And she never go to school. She's the stubborn one. Like, oh, how can, ima- how, how can you imagine the girls that grew up in the jungle? Mm-hmm. Because she's huge tribe in the village, in the jungle. She's not belongs to anywhere. She's the stateless because she's a huge tribe. She was trafficked to Bangkok when she was 11. Mm-hmm. And we, we train her, like do the tutoring. She's going to the school fin- now, finish high school, 
and will go to university university and wants to be engineering environment environment mm-hmm. engineering how old is she now she's 19 19 going to turn 20 i love this story too because um not only was she taken from her village when she was 10 or 11 years old and sold but I, she was sold to an elderly family in yes. bangkok right yes. and to take care of them but she's but too she, small yeah but she she's too small as you can imagine a 10 or 11 year old child trying to lift elderly adults and so i guess probably out of frustration when she couldn't do that they sold her yes. to a bar yes. and at that young age i can't even imagine what she experienced in the industry at that age and so how beautiful and what a perfect description of the work you guys are doing at the complete transformation in yes. her life yes. after so much trauma and 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 that's what I wanted to share too that the work you guys are doing in Bangkok I remember after being so um distraught almost after what I saw on the streets walking in to the home there and and You don't just help run the work and ministry there. You're the house mom. Yeah. You're the mom to these yeah. girls. And you guys cooked for us that night, a delicious meal, and I sat around the table with all those beautiful girls like the one you just described. <clears throat> and knew full well without them even having to tell us all of their stories that each of them have a story. Each of them have a reason yeah. of why they're there, and you can only imagine what that must be like. But what I was hearing that night is their dreams for the future, dreams that yes. they would have never had without yeah. the help of this program. And that was that was so cool sitting around because they were telling me because of the work you guys have done, you had opened your, their eyes, and so they wanted to go into fashion and culinary yeah. school yeah. and accounting and and but but what got them to that point that I see now is all the work you had done, not just rescuing them from the mm-hmm. streets. But offering them an education, offering them a safe place to live, and most importantly, introducing them to Jesus and to the love of a God who who values them mm-hmm. um, and loves them for who who they are, and and I love that your program is right there in the heart of the red light district, right there in Bangkok, perfectly positioned uh, to meet these needs. We're going to have to wrap it up there today, but stay tuned, and we will post another link for part two of our discussion with Anne. And in the meantime, if you want to get involved and learn more about this project, then please go to freedom.worldhelp.net. You can learn more about the home in Patia that we are partnering with Anne to provide to help more of these girls. And you can also visit my website at noelleyates.com to learn more about our initiative in Thailand to see the video that Anne and I have done together. And in the meantime, may we all find ourselves awake and doing a world of good.